0: Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We're back from our very exciting vacation where we saw each other. That's right. Surprise. What a delightful experience we both had together. It was lovely. Truly, truly a magical time. (laughs) But we're back on the grind, Um, Luke. Back on the grind. That's why why there was no episode last week. Um, But this week we have finished redwall that's mm-hmm. right if you have not finished the book give us a pause spend like again. spend like 20 minutes finish the book yeah it back. does go quick um i i think no warm up today
1: yeah no warm up
0: since we've got 2 weeks worth of of reading that we've done we yeah we got 2 weeks worth of reading we also got out i think a lot of our hot takes and rants when we were together so i did you guys missed out sorry you missed out a lot of hot takes and rants that unfortunately went unrecorded um those are in the archive maybe if our patreon uh gets enough subscribers we'll start recording those and putting them up uh maybe we'll put that we'll just record those we'll just start recording our personal lives yeah that should be good together i think it's called vlogging yeah. yeah anyway uh let's do the book luke let's do book time uh, I kind of... Can we kind of go chronologically here to start? Yeah. Because there's a few yeah, chronological things that I want to talk about. To, First, be, to be honest, I kind of forget where we left off. So, okay. It's kind of wild where book uh, one and two leaves off. Uh, Clooney is about to cross over on a plank into Redwall. Yes. That's at the end of book one. And I want to say... Matthias is asleep at the end. I want to say he's coming back from rescuing the voles and is asleep. Yes, because we made fun of him for falling asleep and like, yeah. So, like, in terms of ending it on a cliffhanger, not a great job, Brian. (laughs) But anyway. Uh Book 2 starts. Clooney and his crew have put a plank on a tree to go onto the roll, the walls of Redwall, mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's inside the walls chilling. You know, they're like, what's going on? Why is Clooney acting all weird out there in his armor? Oh, well, let's just keep focusing only on this part of the wall. It's no big deal. No big deal. Right. Right. And Methuselah comes down to the abbot. Who's treating all the wounded people from the battle. And Methuselah is like, Hey man, what's going on? How you doing? You you feeling good? I got a little something to tell you. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Anything else new with you? Anything else going on? How about lunch? Was lunch great? And the abbot's like, yeah, yeah, lunch was great. I'm kind of busy, you know, treating people. Hey, what's, what's up, Methuselah? And he's like, oh, I just thought I should tell you. They're, like, about to put a plank across and, like, come into the abbey. What? Why is that? Why do you not lead with that, Methuselah? What are you doing? Where is your sense of urgency about the (laughs) imminent invasion? Right, because he like, he comes, I think this, the reason, the way he does it is he says, oh, it seems like that branch is weirdly not moving with the wind. You're right. That's even, it's even worse. You're right. Because he's like, he's leading him to it. Like, oh, I can't just tell him. I got to right. make him learn how to find planks and stuff. <laughs> you got to have the drama, Dan. If you're not <laughs> up there, if you're not up there getting the adrenaline from fighting, you got to get that adrenaline from somewhere. Okay, Methuselah isn't the one getting adrenaline from it. He is giving adrenaline to the abbot. He is saying, abbot, I've decided you don't have enough chaos in your life right now, so I'm going to make you in a state of panic for the moment. Right. Yeah. He's a sociopath. What are you doing? The, there's a there's a lot of like... We'll, we'll come back to one a little bit later because I don't want to do it now. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, people not rushing to things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That there they are, should. There are a few examples and, of that here. Been, and okay, I get it. Methuselah is really old and he's probably like close to being gone anyway like he knows he's close to being gone but we all know the consequences if they get in like right it's very clear what the consequences will be if they take over Redwall, and the consequences will be everyone's dead they're just gonna kill everyone so it's not a fun game you're playing it's not a fun riddle you're doing methuselah like i get it in your books that you read sometimes there's fun little riddles in there this is not that i don't need a riddle we're at, yeah. we're at war, buddy. It There's a lot of times where I don't feel like the defenders of Redwall are taking it quite as seriously as they should. <laughs> yeah, they do seem to be having a kind of too much fun with it. And one of my notes mm-hmm. um, is relevant here, which is that... Like, how many times are the guards going to fall asleep (laughs) on the walls? And how are we excusing it? Oh, you mean like literally every day? You mean like literally? Every day. (laughs) Like, Clooney's final plan is based on the assumption that they're going to fall asleep. Which they do. Which they do. It's It's like, he waited just long enough so that the guards were starting to fall asleep. And it's like, that's not what guards do. <laughs> it's not It's not even the first time that Clooney has taken advantage of the lackadaisical defenses on the wall. Like, he set right. up Shadow. Like, the very first foray into the Abbey was taking advantage of the fact that the defenders were kind of snoozing on the job. Like, right. that is your opportunity to be like, guys, we're a little lax before, fortunately... The only thing that got taken was a piece of the tapestry. Okay, so it's not that bad, right? But next time, really, like, try and stay awake up there. Let's get the let's get the tea with a little more caffeine in it for the defenders on the wall, mm-hmm. please. Let's go black tea. We're not doing herbal anymore. No, no, get that mint tea out of here. We need some caffeine, please. Right. Yeah. I... <laughs> Especially like this war thing. Is like two weeks, right? This isn't months and months where they're under siege and constantly on alert. They're like the two actu- battles, right? The actual like physical combat. Okay, so so Clooney is injured for like two weeks. The actual like like battle parts, or maybe a week on either side of that, right. It, right? At most. That might even be pushing it. Yeah, yeah. You can't maintain a sense of urgency for like a week at a time. Hey, guys, we're only going to get seven hours of sleep this week because that's what our rotation is. Come on. Right. Do you You all don't want to die, right? You all aren't very interested in dying a horrible death or anything like that you're you not okay cool then we just need you to stay up an extra like two hours at night just two hey, hours hey, if you feel yourself dozing like maybe call someone to switch with you here's an, here's an idea everybody gets a little bell that's a i'm too sleepy bell and yeah if you are too sleepy you ring the bell and then somebody will come up and and take your spot And it also has the dual purpose of waking up everybody else that's fallen asleep uh, and hasn't rung the bell because apparently it's everybody else that is also also falling asleep. No more like hearty soup meals (laughs) before watches. The pre-dinner, like the pre-watch carb load soup that's like potato, (laughs) potato leek soup where they're all just like immediately passing out because of all the carbs. Right, right. Yeah. We don't need that anymore. We can change it up. God, they need to. Oh, I wonder though, Luke, do you think they're just putting a lot of faith in this whole sword thing? Do you think they're just yeah. like, do you think they're all just like, yeah, I mean, we could stay up all night, but the sword is going to fix everything. So <laughs> I think we just, I think we just take a little snooze. Right. Which. Which, uh, um, so I hate to minimize the sword because it is the Summer of Swords. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is why we chose the book. And that was what, like, the whole quest was about, was finding the right. sword. Right. Um, I, I think that the sword was less crucial than the friends that we made along the way. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe that's the magic of the sword, you know? I think that could be part of the magic of the sword. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the sword also obviously is conquering the souls of the enemies that were defeated within it and is powering up the user with those energies, right? So, like, it has energy yeah. of... I mean, this this was subtext, but it was pretty clear. Right, it, it has energy of, of snake in it, it has energy of big scary rat in it, and then mm-hmm. it has all of the f- prior energies... From what every all the bad things that Martin killed, um, right? So clearly the sword is powering up over time with these like dark energies. So very dark. But it feels like they're putting way too much weight on the sword as defenders because they all are so hype whenever they make any little bit of progress on it, and it's yeah. like you just like pissed off all the sparrows that live here and you didn't get the sword right it's especially weird when they're like in the middle of a little battle thing and they're like okay matthias for whatever reason is like one of our key generals let's call him uh-huh let's we're but he's going to go off he's going to be doing this quest and it's like set anything matthias asks you you have to do it all of our resources are going to Matthias to look for this sword. Mhm. And then in the meantime, yeah, sure, we'll fend off the rats. Yeah, that's that's fine. But really, we're focused on Matthias finding a single sword. Right. Right. Which to be fair, they don't have any other large bladed weapon. Like they're only dealing with bow and arrow and staff. They don't have it doesn't sound like they have a forge or any way of producing Steel, weapons of war. So this sword could be kind of like bringing an AK-47 to a medieval battle. Okay. This is a good point. Right, like, it could really be a big advantage here. Well... I mean... So all of the rats have, like, little cutlasses. (laughs) Right, so the rats do seem to have just basically swords as well yeah and i think all of the shrews have like that we meet that we meet later in this section have (laughs) little rapiers the shoe the shrews also do have rapiers yeah but none of the redwall people have swords why do we not have they're a peaceful order luke they are a peaceful order except for the one super violent warrior (laughs) that they're gonna have with them yeah Maybe it's a way of keeping like a balance of power in the moss flower woods is like you're saying the red will the Abbey would be too powerful if the Abbey if let's say everybody in the Abbey also had like big battle axes like Mm -hmm. they're too powerful at that point like they can already hold off a huge rat horde with just like sticks and rocks and little bows that shoot dandelions if they also had battle axes they would just be able to dominate everybody else around okay okay sure yeah you're you're assuming they would go on the offensive i mean naturally of course you would what are you going to um, do with big battle axes just let's put them in a corner no right um yeah so 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 we're coming down on there's probably some kind of negotiation A I deal mean, that was struck and it seems to have like we've kind of gone past the boundaries of that deal. right. right. it seems like we're renegotiating the deal right now. here's one here's here's one thing um like th- the moss flower area mm-hmm. is not like huge uh from from i think we need to talk about perspective here. huge from what perspective? like even from the mouse perspective okay so it's not huge from the mouse perspective uh you mean the areas the story takes place in right like the quarry and the farmhouse and the church yeah just the whole like what we see in this book yeah i agree i'm very surprised at how little the like abbey folk know about the general surroundings because like okay okay so they're like okay we got to get we're under attack we don't really have any warriors um by, we're under attack by like a horde of rats, and they get all of the people in the like immediate vicinity, right? Like anybody who they could yell to, right? And they're not like, okay, we know that there's about 500 shrews a day's walk away. Can we send like a message to them and be like, hey, give us some help? I don't, well, you know Luke, I mean? Luke, you're missing the important. You're missing the important history that's kind of between the lines, between the shrews and the mice of Redwall, because there was obviously a political schism between them where the shrews left to go do their own thing, because in the abbey of Redwall, clearly the leader, the title of leader is passed down from one abbot to the next. There's no like democratic process. It's somewhat like there's sort of an like dictatorship. I want to say it's a little tyrannical. It's a little tyrannical that's going on. Additionally, like you <laughs> mentioned, they are isolationist. Like they're really not mm. going out very far beyond the walls of their abbey. And the abbey is self-sufficient. They don't have to ever leave the abbey. They've gen- they purposely created it to where they don't have to leave the walls of the abbey. Right. You're you, saying they have a red wall first kind of agenda, kind of yeah yeah i i I think that slogan probably came up a few times during this schism that happened and the shrews were like you know what sure we fight a lot but at least we're talking so we're gonna we're gonna take our political ideas we're gonna go write up a constitution we're gonna go out and see the world and uh see what happens i'm for it um this is feeling right to me and is really m- making me not support the Redwall uh current structure. Well, when we say current structure, I think there might be a reconciliation happening between these two like estranged groups in Mossflower. For I- sure. I but I don't like that actually. I'm against the reconciliation. <sighs> I don't think Redwall has done enough. Interesting. Like yeah, I but- feel like Like what they have done. Let's talk specifically the shrews. Yeah, is um, entirely Matthias. Like I feel like it's a decent amount because Matthias kills the snake and gets the owl to stop eating them. (laughs) Yeah, which is like pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty great, actually. (sighs) No. I mean that's a lot it's just it's only matthias though it seems to be like a bad mm, I here's what i think worries me right the shrews have left on this mission for a more democratic politic and right. while there is a lot of arguing it seems like for the most part they've been fairly successful like Mm -hmm. Matthias doesn't show up and they're all in chaos and not able to function. Like, yeah, there's like issues, but it's not like the sparrows where they're like dying and all terrible because their leader sucks. Right. The shrews are kind of functional. Yeah. And they're they're like a kind of a somewhat functional democracy. Matthias shows up and he's like, hey, I'm one mouse and I'm going to save the day. That message is going to really like put a damper on any kind of democratic talk because you have the message that one mouse or one mm-hmm. person can solve all these problems. And mm-hmm. like there's a, you know, you don't see all of the background that got Matthias to the place that he was going, right? Right. I mean, their, their leader died. Right. <laughs> I feel like we've brushed past that. Pretty quickly, the, you know shrew- what I mean? Gwas- the right. like Guasam or whatever her name was mm-hmm. gets killed by the snake. Right, right. But but and I it's feel- like fine. <laughs> I, it's not well. Okay, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Right. I think the fact that it's a democracy means that that would be fine, and they would be able to like sustain that. Right. Like I think I mean, that the shrews- sustain it. Sure. Yeah. But it's still. Like kind of a big deal. Yeah, there will definitely be like I said. There's a power vacuum for sure, which it feels like Logalog is going to take over. Like it feels like he's the natural I, successor here. Well, it depends because I feel like Logalog is almost a separate position. Yeah, within, you're right. It does seem like it seems like, like there's kind of a two authority mm, situation. Okay. okay, I okay. I do want to get back to the point I was making though. Yeah, in that. We have this representation of one man solving all of your problems and like kind of cutting through the democratic red tape that Matthias represents, right? He represents somebody just fixing the problems and not worrying about democracy. And I think the fact that they see him as so successful in doing that is troubling for their democracy because I I agree the propaganda that's going to come from this and already has come from this is not going to be good for a functional democracy. Right. Every time they have a disagreement, they're going to be like, why don't we just send one person to find a magic sword to solve all our problems? It's like, no, that's not how (laughs) democracy works. Like we need to talk about this. Right. Right. Especially when like throughout, throughout Matthias's experience with them, he was often, trying to like just push past all of the like bureaucracy oh he hated it yeah he hated it (sighs) which i mean in some ways he was justified for but yeah it did sound like it was not really going anywhere guys but i think that you reform your you reform your system in ways that fix that while keeping while keeping what makes you the, the 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 union right right like maybe you cut down how long people can talk about a some kind of legislation you're proposing you know like you abolish some kind of rule that you know a person can talk right. for forever you know make it so that it takes just a simple majority right it seems like a obvious and as soon as you have that like discussions over you don't need to continue talking yeah. about anything it seems like it could it's streamline the debate. process yeah make it useful Um, I will say when I was, when I was, uh, when I was worried about like the reconciliation, I do think that the Shrews aren't actually giving up anything. I, if I remember correctly, I think the Abbot is just like, you guys are all welcome here whenever, which is actually a very good outcome. I agree with you, but I do worry how much they're going to get assimilated into this tyrannical government structure. And like, you think it's, you think it's a little cultural imperialism? Yeah. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the like abbey using their treats, their treats and alcohol to lu- to lure them away from democracy. Right? They're saying, "Hey, right. your democracy left you out to get eaten by an owl out in the woods where it's cold. Come here, join our abbey where we have great beverages and delicious treats and snacks. But you're under the rule of one abbot that's passed down from generation to generation, right. and like you can't. His say goes. So, too bad." Right, I am worried about that as well. Oof, it's tough. And we also get the enforcement arm of the abbot that's created, right? You know right, no, you, you see this at the, the end. Redwall. Yeah, now we have a person with a sword that's like, hey, don't, don't try any funny business. All right, it's, it's like okay. Well, you're not like a peaceful organization anymore. This mm. is like a fundamental change, right? <laughs> the adding of a warrior is a huge change here. Because it's he's huge. also he's also tasked with like keeping the good in the place. It's not just like, hey, defend Redwall if people come and attack it. It's like you need to stand up for what's good. Mm-hmm. So this warrior gets full like uh jurisdiction, gets full jurisdiction to say like this is not good, so I need to stand up against it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With a magic sword! <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about the mandate that we're giving Matthias here. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Oh. I do want to talk about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I want to bring up is evidence for how tyrannical the abbot is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, At the end, before he's dying. For one thing he chooses his like successor, which is weird yeah, that's not allowed. nope <laughs> no um, it's like hey brother Alf, you were nice yeah, to me. it's you. Let's, this is like somebody who's dying of poison their brain is like slowly melting and they're like, you're the next <laughs> And then he's like fix up the gatehouse and give it to Matthias and his new wife. I didn't talk to them before this, but you're getting married. Yeah, this is so busted. Like, sure, they were flirting a bit. No! Absolutely not, Abbott. You cannot do this on your deathbed. No, no. You can't do this on any bed, first of all. Deathbed, the worst bed to do this on. Imagine 20 years in their mouse marriage future because they do go through with it. and cornflowers right. like, God, I just feel so guilty. I have to stay in this marriage because the dying abbot said I needed to, but man, I do not want to be with this weirdo with a sword anymore. <laughs> that that hare and I were really hitting it off. That basil guy sounded really fun. I know, I know. Also I didn't actually want to stay at Redwall. <laughs> she was she didn't live in Redwall before this. No, she didn't. Uh, yeah, maybe she was like, I want to go back to my libertarian commune because this yeah. red wall is like a dictatorship. I don't like it. Yeah. Maybe this is a way that the abbot is assimilating, is further assimilating the local countryside into their political structure. He's identified the sources of power in other communities oh. and is like, you are going to marry Matthias, and then you will be very strongly bound to our power structure because you're married to the, like, enforcement arm of our political structure now. Yeah. And Cornflower yeah. seems to be a leader among her community. Especially now. mm mm-hmm. Um. Man, is the Avid a brilliant political tactician? I think so. I mean, there's a... Ch- Hmm. yeah i think he might be a genius i think he might be a political genius actually yeah redwall is definitely growing esteem here and is and is really like because because i i don't know if they were really that big of a power in mossflower before this dude this like ties in so perfectly to the theory that Clooney was just paid off by the Abbot to do this in the first place. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like we talked last episode about how you know maybe the Abbot paid off this rat to pretend to be Clooney because Matthias was like kind of you know needed something to do. Maybe this is way deeper than we originally thought. Maybe this was a power <laughs> play to to gain standing in moss flower and expand their influence it does it is starting to seem that way based on the the what we've uncovered here-hmm mm-hmm yeah and it worked brilliantly honestly like flawless aside from the fact that Clooney went a little overboard and hit him with the poison barb Cl- well I mean maybe he's like a maybe he's fanatical right he doesn't care Mm. about his own life he just cares about yeah this is true i also imagine he's like very skilled in the arts of healing he probably knew he only had like a couple weeks left you know he was like i've got an incurable disease so i've got a oh he had to he has to enshrine his legacy Right. This is his last act as the abbot is to enshrine his legacy as the person mm-hmm. that expanded the influence of Red, Red Wall to the surrounding mm-hmm. countryside. Yeah. Be- yeah. Oh, Luke, because he's also bringing in he's bringing in Basil, who has a ton of like military experience. Right. He's bringing he's in Basil. Basil. He's bringing in the squirrels. Oh, he, the squirrel's very valuable. The squirrels are extremely valuable. The moles come in and are now, like, key to keeping the... Well, I think the moles have been there. All right, fine. Moles have been there. The sparrows are now part of the coalition. The sparrows are big. And... Especially the, the spirit, when it was, like, the thousand sparrow warriors, I was like, okay, so we won. Right, it's over. The sparrows did it for <laughs> us. Uh, oh, the ones that can fly? Also, I think... Something that's a little overlooked in these books is how big animals just dominate in fights. Right. Like Constance clearly Redwall MVP, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all the rats are terrified of Constance just because she's massive and would decimate them. Right? Yeah. So we also get now that we have an owl on our side and a big cat on our side. Like, these are power players in Mossflower. flower these are dominant forces in the area and now they're aligned with red wall yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant and he did it without like going to war with any of them he did it like by uniting them against a common enemy man i'm a little worried that we're scapegoating certain types of animals <laughs> because here's the thing also that you that you mentioned so we got the owl on board right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because so previously the owl was eating everybody yeah mouse shrew rats i'm assuming yeah whenever he could find him, i'll bet and now matthias has made a deal with him where he can only he cannot eat the good ones like oh no luke you can't eat less oh no we're doing we're doing a little it's a little worrisome we're doing a little genocide by owl luke we are kind of this book does kind of move in a fascist direction here at the end because you remember initially how Matthias and Constance see a bunch of rats in the back of a wagon. And they're like, guys, we saw a bunch of rats in the back of a wagon. And everybody was like, shut up with your racism. And they were like, no, but they look scary. And it was like, oh, they look scary. Hold on. Now Matthias has no problem sticking an owl on any rat in the area because they weren't on our side in this fight. When they were conscripted, they were forcibly conscripted into this army. The local rats were conscripted what this sucks guys you can't do this rats ferrets uh weasels they were all forcibly conscripted into this army and and matthias is just like yeah as long as you don't eat the you know mice my people yeah mice and stoats not the good ones you can eat everything else oh god And it's not like this owl is going to become a vegan cat like the other buddy. Like, sure, you can pretend like you can feed your cat a vegan diet and it's perfectly healthy. But like, there's no way you're doing this with an owl. I think like after this, I get that the deal was kind of a spur of the moment thing. But we kind of have to talk logistics afterwards where it's like, okay, uh, I know this land very well. Um, There's not you listed most of my f- my food. <laughs> right, there's 500 of those little guys running around and you're saying I can't eat any of them? Oh, they're going to have to move out of the area then. The shrews are going to yeah. have to move out of the area because they're taking up a bunch of food that I need rats to eat so I can eat the rats. <laughs> right. We need to start cultivating other other food for this for this owl. or he's moving or he has to move right right oh all right all right this deal i this this deal i'm worried about it's not a good deal it might be the worst deal of all time uh it's not a good deal but i think let's in order to leave this behind let's assume that there's enough fish in the in the stream for the owl to eat as much fish as he wants okay all right Let's assume the owl is going to get all their caloric needs from fishing in the river with the cat. Mm-hmm. because then it, it makes it things a lot simpler, all right? Maybe sure. you know teach an owl to fish and he doesn't have to ever eat mice or shrews ever again. you know that kind mm-hmm. of that'll old, that old chestnut. Speaking of birds though, I got a quick question for you. This is a real quick one. should be able to answer it really shortly um luke how does a sparrow smile Ooh, because matthias is up there with the sparrows and at one point warbeak's mom gives him a smile what does that look like for a bird well well okay so w- one thing that you're forgetting here actually is that uh matthias speaks the sparrow language unlike unlike anyone else well methuselah um, does as well well, and Methuselah, for sure, just those two, though. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain amount of, like, innate understanding that I think Matthias has mm-hmm. that no one else does. You know, because the spirit language is just, like, so difficult to understand um, that it takes just, like, a real, a real genius to be able to interpret everything. And I think Right, that, years of study, decades of study. And I think that that extends into like body language into body language okay so when he says smile it's not like the corners of it's their, like their he's lips translating yeah. he's translating into terms that we can understand because we just like don't have we can't even come close to figuring out what the what the sparrows are like saying okay okay yeah yeah so he sees them like jump up and link their talents together in a specific way and he's like oh they smiled cool right yeah. okay all right cool thanks thanks for clearing that up luke i just had to had to figure that out that's what that's what i'm assuming yeah a, i mean it sounds good to me um yeah just because i don't know this the sparrows are just too difficult to figure out they're like using they're like using slightly different grammar i think yeah yeah it's really tough to to get that makes sense that only two people in the whole Abby would be able to learn that. Yep, my favorite, my favorite moment is when the like the shrews come up to him and are like, "Yeah, he's like a sparrow." I was gonna understand him. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I speak the language." Oh, you guys don't speak jive? Hold on. <laughs> and the language is like, "Mathias, Redwall in danger." <laughs> the sparrow essentially comes up and is like on God, I'm dead, sheesh! And the shrews are like, I have no idea what this bird is talking about. Something about Fortnite? Is he doing a Fortnite? (laughs) Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Okay, we... We were talking a little bit about how we're demonizing the rats and other... and other, like, types of animals. Mm -hmm. Um... Can we talk about their names? Ooh yeah. Mm-hmm. The rat names, you mean? Yeah. So we get a lot of names of rats. I yeah. just noted down a couple. So, and just for reference, um, for like the mice, you got like Brother Alf, um, Matthias, obviously Martin, mm-hmm. the warrior. Um, there's one that's name is like John Churchmouse, mm-hmm. which like, come on, buddy, let's get. <laughs> And then the rat names (laughs) are like (laughs) Mangefur and Cheese Thief. Yeah. Skullface (laughs) is one of them. I just, who's, are they choosing the names? I I feel like no, because no one would choose Mangefur. I think that they're, I think these are nicknames given to them by the Horde. You think they're nicknames? I think they show up and they're like, hey, my name's David. Uh, I really like yo-yos. And they're like, shut up, mange fur. Get in the back. You look terrible. You must have mange fur. <laughs> the next guy comes up. He's like, hi, my name is Winston. Uh, I like downhill skiing. And they're like, shut up, skull face. Go bite that horse. <laughs> I really don't want to bite that horse. Bite the horse. Huff. i love i my favorite i think is cheese thief i mean you know how cheese thief got his name right i think i could figure it out I, I am very curious what their original names were right i mean it's it's lost the wind you know they're not writing those down no that's just they don't know how to read or write they're stupid animals you all forgot <laughs> Which by the way, I was very surprised for some reason when the cat could talk. <laughs> I also was actually because we're still trying to understand the limits of how big the animal has to be before it it doesn't talk anymore. Right. Cuz like how cuz I thought it was going to be like domesticated animals. Right. Like horse didn't talk, so why would cat talk? Right. I But anyway, it was just it was just like I think it was a cliffhanger where he falls into the cat's mouth and like a couple of chapters later, the cat just spits him out and talks to him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess animals in this book can talk. Forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. I was also kind of shocked by that. Okay. My, my last, my last name related note, Mm -hmm. which, which is also kind of in line with the, with the abbot taking a lot of power for himself, Mm. um, is that he names the sword Rat Death. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to call it Rat Death, dude. Yeah, kind of a bad name. Kind of a shit it's name. Like, this is not your sword, my guy. Okay. <laughs> First of all, it's the Sword of Martin the Warrior. Right. Yeah. That's like, or the, like, Redwall, Sword of Redwall or something. Right. You can't be, like, dying. <laughs> like delirious as hell like, and call it rat death. <laughs> it's a pretty much terrible name. Well, Luke, it, it further reinforces the like scapegoating that they're doing. <sighs> it does serve this purpose of like, yeah, this sword fucks up rats. Every rat, it, is, it just fucks them up. It is tough if we go back to the beginning when they're like, yeah, we don't turn away if anyone in need even like a rat if you're injured and want to come in um you know we'll give you a hand hey what's the name of your freaking sword <laughs> hey sorry i thought i heard someone say that the like security guard out front has a sword named rat death when i came in is that right you 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 said you were going to heal my wounds that guy's right? going to stay very far away from me right <laughs> I just want to get back out on the bocce ball court. Okay. I don't I don't need rat death to get anywhere near me. Like call it scourge ender or something. Like call but it it's, it's it's so uncreative. The name like, sucks. Could you come up with a less creative name? I you genuinely could not. Sharp metal. We'll call it sharp metal. <laughs> Your sword will be called shiny sharp. <laughs> come on abbot yeah so bad i also was like god he sounds like (laughs) he sounds like the name of a like a exterminator spray that you use to kill rats like this does not sound like a a cool sword no (sighs) yeah terrible name we need to stop listening we needed to have stopped listening to the abbot like a long time ago guys Mm mm-hmm we don't have more of a reason to listen to the abbot in his dying moments okay he has not been right many times right every time throughout this the the abbot's like ah cluny's done don't even follow him out there we're good and everyone is like he's so freaking he's an idiot he's wrong granted the abbot- at the end it's like do everything he says Marry who he says to marry, please. Uh, <laughs> maybe this is why. Th- maybe this is why they don't name a bell after him. Because the bells get named after Methuselah and Matthias when mm-hmm. they reforged the bell into two smaller bells. I was like, why didn't they name it after the abbot? It feels like it would have been nice to give the abbot a bell. But maybe this is wise because they were just like, yeah, the abbot got a lot in the end. We're not giving him any more things right a lot of what a lot of like individual award i don't know if award that's the right term but like we're naming the bells after individual people here yeah all the time (laughs) it's it's further reinforcing this like dictatorship kind of idea this fascist idea that they're setting up right (laughs) that they're setting up Classic Redwall. Um, there's also a lot of recent. Like, I don't think that these names are gonna hold up, cause th- this stuff is gonna be here for the long term, right? Yeah, it's like a very small part of Redwall's history. I feel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not the good part. Like, if you're a if you're a peaceful order, it's like you don't really want to be celebrating your war victories. right yeah like maybe name it after all the healers that were at work during this time or not even not even people that were doing Mm. things right now just make name it harmony and peace peace and harmony peace and harmony bells one and two perfect here we go done great uh no instead we're naming after the two people that found the gun the gun (laughs) you know in this world (laughs) The, the one that we have named Rat Death. Yeah, that, that's the one. Oh, <sighs> man. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, there's a few other things I want to talk about with this bell while we're talking about it. Sure. Though. First, I just want to say Brian loved the foreshadowing with the bell. Because in the very beginning, Clooney's having a nightmare. He's about to get stabbed by Martin in this nightmare. And then the bell tolls, and he's like, oh, phew, saved by the bell. Love that. Oh. And it's like, ah, Clooney. Ah, careful, bud. <laughs> um, So love that foreshadowing. But related mm-hmm. to that, they ring the bell at midnight. I did note this, yeah. What are you doing, guys? Nobody likes that. Do you think they're ringing the bell at midnight or, like, literally every hour? I think it's literally every hour, and I think they just That's don't quit it at midnight. I think they're like, oh, well, it's a time, so we have to ring the bell. That's also, like, someone has to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know they're falling asleep. If they're not, get them on guard, for sure. Right. Because they're well, the only ones capable. Get the bell ringer to be walking around. The only, all right. The only potential explanation that I have to justify why they're ringing a bell 24 hours a day is because Mm -hmm. the creatures that we're dealing with are not only diurnal, but nocturnal. And so, like, if I am a nocturnal creature in the moss flower wood, it's kind of nice to also have the time to be like, (laughs) oh, yeah, it is midnight. Thanks, Redwall. Appreciate that. Right. You as a as a nocturnal animal living your best life very useful to have the exact hour right like i got a meeting at 1 and i would have totally missed it if i didn't hear that bell no this is an excellent point yeah yeah Ugh. <laughs> real uh real service redwall Abbey is playing to everyone in the vicinity by ringing a bell at every single hour it's very useful yeah yeah i'm sure everybody loves it thank you for that it's definitely not one of the reasons the shrews all left yeah do we have any food notes i actually don't have any food notes for this section aside from the fact that they were all basically saved by a bowl of vegetable soup um not Uh, oh yeah not a ton of food notes here i mean they open with a great feast scene and i think from there it was more about the war sure than the food um okay in that case speaking of feasts Mm -hmm. so matthias like goes on his quest and presumably the purpose of this is because there's a very pressing concern with the rats attacking Red Mm Wolf. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta get the sword to come back, and dot dot dot, we win. (laughs) Yeah, I know Uh, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Once again, Matthias. And he he gets it. Like he very well done. He gets it and comes back and like celebrates with the shrews and everything for a while. Yeah, they have a, a feast. They have a huge feast after he kills the snake and brings the sword back. Right. And then the sparrow comes in and is like, "Hey, dude, like Redwall is under attack right now." This is so Matthias though. This is like so textbook Matthias here because yeah. the- book one ends and he's snoozing on the side of a riverbank as like red wall is actively being attacked and he knows it's right. actively being attacked because he knows the army isn't at the church anymore and he's like i could use a little doze and here he's like <laughs> they offer him don't threaten matthias with a good time because he will take it every time right right um do you think he's still in his oversized sandals i don't think he got new shoes i never i feel like it would have been mentioned if he ever got new shoes maybe maybe he just grew into them you know oh okay maybe this was his growing up where he like he got back to Redwall and nobody commented on it but like maybe like halfway through the first year he was like wait hold on oh these shoes kind of fit that's neat (laughs) It is a big character growth for Matthias. Um starting out, I think in the first like page of the book, the abbot calls him a young buffoon of a mouse as he is like tripping over his oversized sandals. And by the end, which is like a month later, um which I maybe a long time in mouse lives. Yeah. Um he's the uh warrior um dictator's enforcer at Redwall. A lot of responsibility and power. Right, the only one with a gun at Redwall. Great. Great. Yeah. A lot of a lot of which character like, growth from Matthias. It's like I mean Constance was a much better warrior. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the sword just looks ridiculous when Constance is holding it. Can you imagine how powerful that would be, though? Yeah, but it's like a dagger for Constance. Well give Constance a real weapon. A club. <laughs> Unstoppable. <laughs> right, we should definitely be powering up the MVP here and not not giving a mouse a little sword. Right. I agree. I agree with they you totally. We should be creating a weapon for Constance. Yeah. <laughs> Since since we're fascists now. But, I mean, um, I think the Abbott knew Constance didn't have the constitution ooh. to do the things that would be necessary. Like, Constance is pure I, at heart. I disagree with this. Ooh, okay. Um, because of a scene that we saw. So, when the Clooney's squad is coming up from their tunnel. Oh, Yeah oh extremely no extremely dark scene um when they yeah. pour boiling water and then collapse the tunnel and put stones on each end and they and the, i don't know who said it or if it's just like part of the text it's like a fitting mass grave <laughs> the rat, what it's part of the text luke yeah tough this scene is so this might be the darkest scene in this whole book and there have been some doozies. Uh, yeah, this scene is like it feels like a cultish ritual it, because they like line up and then they pour the boiling water down and then they all stand on the tunnel and they like count down they like synchronize jump right. to like it feels like a death ritual of some kind. It does. And also, this is just part of the Redwall Grounds now. Oh, no. Like, we're giving tours, and it's like, there's the pond, there's the orchard, uh, there's the mass grave of the rats that we slaughtered. Don't (laughs) fuck with us. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Timothy, no digging over there? We can't dig over there. Sorry. We cannot. No, no, we cannot. Yeah, this... Uh, mm, it's a tough scene to, like, sympathize with the... To, like, be on the mice's side here. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you, it would be fine to just hit them with the water and then let them all run out and then block the tunnel. But instead, right. they were yeah. like, we need to kill as many of these rats as possible. And... <laughs> We're going to do it in a terrifying way. Like it felt like a scene out of like midsummer or like some kind of cult horror movie here. I feel like you mm-hmm. could just insert this into any kind of cult horror movie. And I just envision the mice is looking like so dead in the eyes as they're like singularly focused on collapsing this tunnel on the rats. Right. It's, it's a tough one, Luke. Uh, get can we just talk about some of the other very dark moments in this book for a minute to acknowledge that oh, this sure. this children's book is kind of fucked at times? <laughs> sure, yeah. So cheese thief is like pissed off at Scrag. So he pushes him off the tree and then convinces everyone that he's going to help Scrag back. And then Matthias shows up to cheese thief, slowly choking Scrag to death while whispering in his ear that it's like fine and he should just go to sleep. And Matthias does not seem traumatized by this in the slightest. No, no. Yeah, that scene I feel could have could have been off page. Right, like we all get it that Scrag wasn't coming back. Uh, I don't think we needed to witness this brutal Gollum-esque murder here. Right. This, um, I the the one that I was thinking of as well is just like some of Clooney's plans in like. The one that eventually succeeds is the one where he captures some mice and forces one of them to betray Redwall, or he will murder his family. In like a big pit of fire. He will like roast right. his family alive. Yeah. Right. Very dark. This is a kid's book, y'all. For children. Yeah, but they're mice, damn <laughs> Oh, you know what? I forgot they were just mice. It's cool. They're they're mice, so it's fun. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So, Luke, last week we talked about Basil because Basil showed up and he's like the cool uncle. Mm-hmm. We need to look at Basil with a bit more of a critical eye. I think. Ooh. Okay. I'm I'm concerned that. I'm concerned that Basil is representing the worst parts of toxic masculinity. Oh. Let me let me sure. lay out my case against Basil. Okay. Uh, he shows up and expects to be, like, served, like, to be cared for hand and foot because of his, like, military expertise, which really only comes into play, like, one or two times, and the rest of the time mm-hmm. he's just, like, stuffing his face and pretending to be injured um right then he's at dinner and this little squirrel shows up with his parents and basil's like hey you old lad here's a knife have go nuts with it mr little squirrel kid who can't talk who's so young he doesn't talk here's a weapon just go nuts no consulting with the squirrel's parents at all just hands him a knife and says have fun kid Um, at the same dinner that he gives Silent Sam a knife, he's like, hey, Cornflower, you're looking pretty good. What do you say we, uh, what do you say we go back to my pad? Huh? How about it? I know you and Matthias are like a thing, right? Right. But come on, you and me? What about it? Um, a little much, Basil. Then Uh Uh he like he's he's have matthias is having this tough time because his friend Methuselah has just been murdered and basil's with him in the infirmary matthias starts to cry and he's clearly grieving basil's like hey how about you toughen the fuck up kid <laughs> would would Methuselah want to see you crying like a little baby <laughs> okay okay I I feel like that's <laughs> Maybe a little unfair of a description of what happens, but I d- <laughs> He does not really let him grieve in the way that that he should, I think. <laughs> he seems to be he seems to have this one way of doing things that I don't know if it's a good role model here anymore. Right. I mean, it's definitely not a good role model for um, before the turn that we take before before Abbot Mortimer's um, oh illustrious career before their rise like, to power. Because, like now, based on the changes that we've seen over overcome at Redwall, it's it's like what you would expect, right? But before that, it'd be like, "Get this hair out of here!" He is. A menace. I do not want my young son talking to this hare. Like he keeps giving him knives. Giving him knives? Telling him to go talk to an owl that's obviously gonna try and kill him. No. Right. I he's He's telling my son is grieving the death of his friend, and this hare is like, Yeah, cheer up, Bucko. Don't cry. I know this guy. He he is most likely going to kill and eat you but hear me out <sighs> yeah i agree with you actually i'm i'm no longer team basil after after we've seen his true colors here he's fun on the I battlefield mean, I, but he is fun but at a certain point it's like okay buddy we fed you already <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> what else have you done for us lately? He he lists. Like, I think when he and uh, Matthias are in the infirmary, someone comes in to check on them. And he's like, uh, we're doing fine. But could you go get us some freaking breakfast? Uh, and then he lists like 12 things. <laughs> and like. Okay, to be, I think he lists, like, I don't know, five things. And, like, four of them are pies. <laughs> Another four of them are beer. <laughs> it's like, we're under siege right now. Well, we're about to be under siege, my guy. Right. <sighs> <sighs> he is fun. He's fun, though? He is. He is very fun, actually. Yeah. Um time for it <laughs> all right me too fine you got me <laughs> we love basil we're here for basil still basil uh, before we wrap up uh on Redwall, mm-hmm. can we assign definitive mvps for both sides real quick i i think both sides yeah yeah so i think the Redwall side the mvp for me is kind of obvious okay it feels like Constance here is MVP yeah that's what I was okay. gonna yeah. yeah. Say. so Constance that feels sure. obvious to me I think the Clooney side might be more challenging because pretty much every key like big player dies pretty shortly after ascending right so if, uh, I'm assuming we're not gonna say Clooney no we can't give Clooney the MVP Clooney can't be the MVP I mean I feel like it's that one the one ferret I forget his name the tunnel one yeah. Oh, that I feel like he's like almost undefeated on things going well for him. The tunnel one is Dark Claw. No, okay, maybe I'm not thinking about Dark Claw then. That's the one that gets like killed at the end when he comes up. But there was another one that was like Kill Kill County. Kill County. Kill kill yeah. Yeah, I think he's MVP. Okay, let me propose this for an MVP. Okay. Shadow. Oh. What do we think about Shadow as the MVP? Well, okay. I feel like this gets into the meaning of... I I don't know if MVP is the right term. Oh, okay. Well, I think you're looking for power rankings. <laughs> Who's number one in our power rankings of Clooney's Horde? And I do think Shadow. Okay, that might be fair. Because considering everybody who tried to do something, the only single... Thing that succeeded on the side of Clooney was Shadow in doing what they right. were set out to do. Every, yeah. everything yeah, else was sure. foiled eventually. Did Did anything happen with that one fox that killed Methuselah? Did we find him, or did he get away? I think he got eaten. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. got eaten. Okay. I was waiting for. I was waiting for. Matthias to find the treasure in the snake den? I don't think he ever did. No, I don't think so. He just got the sword and pieced out. And it's like, yo, you recognize that dining set, right? It's like some plates, though. It's like... It's fine. Yeah, but if they're so short on metal that they're sending him out to go find, like, the only sword... Right. Probably worthwhile to get those brass candlesticks back. Well, Well, I mean... The snake is dead, and you know where the den is. I think this is they're just they're going out there like next week after the feast dies down. right. That's probably true, but at that point, you know, some other creature is going to have already moved into that prime real estate. Right, It is a nice space, it's a very nice space, actually. It's really good, yeah, yeah, so I think they probably missed their opportunity to get any of that stuff back.: Yeah, probably this <laughs> is tough tough for them um should we do reviews i think quick reviews okay I, i'm gonna yeah. give a one sentence re- uh two sentence review here i think okay uh i love these books still i yep. thought this was a great read and i'm probably gonna get another one of these from the library here pretty soon <laughs> i might just <laughs> yeah, go yeah. pick up another one i do think I do think if it wasn't for the library, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, I don't think I would buy them right now, but I will every now and then check and be like, what do we got at the library in the Redwall series? Because I, I did enjoy it as like a, not a, like not a super serious book that I'm trying to read, but like, as just a, what are the mice, what are the mice up to? It was extremely fun. fun. Yeah. It was extremely fun. fun. So I'll probably keep my eyes out at the library. For any of these i know especially since we got no scone action oh, we needed a scone desperately so so keep us keep us updated on when you read a redwall book with a scone in it um we'd love so scone recommendations yeah yeah <laughs> okay um so it's still the summer of swords and next week Everybody knows it. We've got a big book coming out by our guy, Will White. Dread God. There's lots of swords. Tons of swords. Yaren alone has like six or seven. At alone. least six swords. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. T- next week, we're going to be reading, I think, all of Dread God in one sitting. Right. I mean, you'll probably read it in one sitting regardless of what we tell you to do. So... If for whatever reason Luke and I can't finish it all by next episode, we might split it up into two halves, but probably just one. Right. Probably just the On one. On the off chance. Yeah. So get excited, folks. We're continuing the summer of swords. We'll be back next week with plenty of hot takes. And still being dumb nerds.